Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. This is Central Texas Life with Ann Harder. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Central Texas Life. Ann Harder here, and I have Nicole Sellers with us. She came all the way from Austin. Right. And uh, you are the district director of the U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour Division. Yes. That's a mouthful. It is. But, it, you know, it's the kind of thing, I had you on Central Texas Living several years ago, and it was kind of a big deal because you'd never done it. Really, the Labor Department folks don't do a lot of TV interviews. Absolutely. But when you think about it, there are a lot of people that are hiring people, that are employing folks. There's lots of rules involved with that that they need to be aware of. Yes, and you allowed us to be cutting edge. To get <laughs> you were. You said this is the first time. <laughs> right. So I was really happy, happy for that. And I've maintained a uh, a relationship with Brenda Hernandez, who always will send me emails of things that are happening and so forth. Well, she reached out about this particular issue uh, because it it has to do with misclassifications of folks. So let's let's get right into it. Uh, first of all you know, what you do in the wage and hour division for the Labor Department. Yes, so the U.S. Department of Labor is responsible for enforcing a number of labor laws. Uh, we are most commonly known for the Fair Labor Standards Act, and that requires employees to get paid minimum wage at at least seven twenty-five an hour, overtime after 40 hours in a week, it requires employers to maintain record keeping, uh, records of hours worked, and then it also has some requirements regarding the employment of minors, anyone under the age of 18. Well, I didn't, I was thinking you couldn't really legally work under the age of 18, not for like an employer, I guess they're babysitters and stuff, casual type um, employment, but so, so younger people are being employed? Yes, absolutely. They can start working as young as 14 really? years of age. There are some limitations on the hours that they work when they're 14 and 15 years of age and also occupations. Sure. Uh, but once they turn 16, we no longer limit the hours that they work, but we definitely look at the occupations to make sure that they're not hazardous for them. Right. Not in a, a really dangerous situation. So, you know, the reason reason for your visit today, What what is the misclassification of employees as independent contractors? And I was a little interested in this because I guess basically that's what I have been doing since I retired. So, you know, so, so how, what is the issue here? Well, thank you for asking. Misclassification is when an individual has been classified as an independent contractor incorrectly, oh. uh, where they should be an employee. We really do an economic reality test. If the individual is dependent on the employer, uh, then they are their employee. If they are in business for themselves, 
then they are an independent contractor. Okay. All, all was well. I was not depending on it. <laughs> um, why is addressing then this as a priority for, for you guys? I mean, it seems like, you know, it it's almost sort of just a verbal contract between, because they're not contracts. Or, you know, maybe I'm getting all confused, <laughs> that that it is a, a contract um, between someone who's going to provide a service for a company. Right. So when an individual has been misclassified as an independent contractor, they lose out on a lot of worker protections ah. and benefits. So there is not going to be a requirement for them to get paid minimum wage and overtime if they're truly a bona fide independent contractor. An employee, they're required to get paid those things. Um, Additionally, there's not any Family Medical Leave Act protections for people who are not employees. They miss out on unemployment insurance and 401k benefits. So there are some losses to them Mm -hmm. by being misclassified. Yeah, well, that certainly makes sense. now, you've talked about how this creates a disadvantage for the for the workers. They're missing out on some things. Um, how does this affect then the employers? Right. So the employers are at a disadvantage, too, if they are paying in compliance with the laws that we enforce. So if they're classifying their employees correctly, um, then it creates an unlevel playing field for mm-hmm. them. Um, They're providing more benefits. They're responsible for unemployment insurance versus the employer who has misclassified. They've evaded all of Yes, right. They're not paying any of that. Right, exactly. And so their expenses on the labor side are going to be much lower. And it makes hard for an employer who is doing it right to really be competitive. Yeah, yeah, that that is, uh, that would be an advantage. So are there certain industries where this misclassification is more prevalent than others? Yes. Um, construction, janitorial, mm-hmm. home health care, transportation, warehousing, child care. We've even started seeing it in restaurants where people are classified as independent contractors are misclassified. As opposed to being a waiter or waitress or, you know, right, right. scrub person or what whatever right hmm um what are some of the common misconceptions then when it comes to to properly classifying those works i guess an employer is like well if i can save some money over here you know i'm i'll I'll risk it right so some of the things that they might think is if i pay them in cash or they're working Ah. off the books (laughs) oh gosh then i can classify them as an independent contractor If um, I am paying them or giving them a 1099, then they're an independent contractor. If they've gone and set themselves up as their own business, and even they're saying, I want you to recognize me as being an independent contractor, we still ask employers to go through to look at the different criteria that are necessary for individuals to be considered bona fide independent contractors and and go back to looking at what is the true economic reality. Am I as an employer controlling their hours? Am I controlling their pay? Am I providing all of the materials, the supplies, the equipment, all of those things that really lean more towards them being 
dependent on the employee. And actually being an employee. Right. 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 Okay. Very, very good. Um, so what is the um, uh, Labor Department doing to, to raise awareness and compliance? I mean, how are you even finding this out? Well, your podcast. <laughs> okay, well, here we go. <laughs> here that- we go. I mean, people, you know, I think people don't necessarily want to be scofflaws when it comes to how they're supposed to be paying folks. You're absolutely right. Awareness is an important part of it. And so you mentioned Brenda Hernandez. Uh-huh. She is our community outreach resource planning specialist. So another long time. Uh, yes, yeah, that's a mouthful. Right. But she does a lot. And mm-hmm. part of that is making connections with different organizations um, that can help us get out and educate employers. Um, we are available to provide compliance assistance, webinars, materials, just anything that's helpful for an employer association or employers to know about the requirements of the law. They are also welcome to call into our toll-free number. Uh, we don't take that information and then say, okay, we're going to investigate this employer. Right. It's just really so that we can be available to educate them and, mm-hmm. and help them to understand what compliance is. Mm-hmm. I think there's so many startup businesses. Well, in Waco, for example, I mean, so many new businesses that are around that weren't weren't here a few years ago and that have grown. <clears throat> you know, there's just a lot to, to know. Right. And so we have a dual approach to compliance. You know, part mm-hmm. of it is the enforcement where we're going out and conducting the investigations But the other part of it is really getting out and educating people. We try to get our materials wherever people will take it. Right, right. Um, But there are consequences when you don't follow the rules. What what are what are some of those, and how does how do you go about investigating those things? Yes. So typically, our investigations are for a two year period of time. Mm. So we'll go back two. So it's a yeah. You really right look at a. Long record, yeah. Right. We'll go back two years to determine the compliance and to see if employees have been paid correctly mm-hmm. or are classified correctly. Um, if we find any back wages due, we will ask the employer to pay the back wages. There are sometimes liquidated damages that go along mm-hmm. with that, and that is equal to the amount of back wages. It's damages that go directly to the employees. It's not a fine that comes back to the government. Okay. Um, So those are different ways that we're able to go in and uh, be able to address compliance moving forward. The employees also have the right to file private lawsuits. Oftentimes, the private action they're going to take could be more expensive or more costly for the employer. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they're they're better off following their rules when all that is said and done. Um, so where can folks go to get more information, you know, on this, on this topic? You know, it's like, well, I got some questions. They can call our toll-free number. Mm-hmm. Our toll-free number is 1-866-487-9243. They're also welcome to visit our website. It's www.dol.gov backslash agencies backslash WHD, but there's a lot of good information on the website. There are portals for employers to go in and ask questions, and it'll lead them to what compliance is and what the answer would be for it. We've got lots of fact sheets that are there, videos, just lots of good information for them to 
do some research, but they're more than welcome to reach out to us directly. Yeah, no, no excuses. Right. <laughs> really. Um, well, I mean, in the things that you they'd ask, basically, you know, their name, address, phone number, basic uh, things, the name of the company, and and this this is also for for anyone who maybe thinks they should be classified as an employee. This is not just for the employer. Right. They can reach out to us to file a complaint. Uh-huh. The complaint process is confidentially, so their information is um, not shared with the employer to the maximum extent we can under right. existing law. We do ask them to have the details that are important for us to determine compliance. Mm-hmm. We need their contact information. We need the employer information, address, what the exact practice is, if they've got any paycheck stubs or any examples of how they've not been paid in compliance. The more they have, the better it is. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, well, I mean, this this is great. It's great information, and, and uh, I know there are, as you say, there are lots of situations where folks are just, you know, maybe have a side gig or whatever, and, you know, it. but it might be more than just that and then they, they need to be getting more benefits and and more protections exactly and that's why these kind of opportunities are so important for us uh-huh. to be able to get the information out there but also to let them know we're a resource you know we've got a lot of information we're willing to listen answer questions provide guidance that's our job and we'd be glad to assist them mm-hmm. and i guess i mean you'd even be willing to you know visit in person or or whatever if they need more we have partnered with chambers of commerce, uh-huh. um, different employer organizations to be able to educate large groups. Yeah, um, they're always welcome to reach out and just propose. We'll see if mm-hmm. we can be able to assist them, and if not, we can definitely get some resources, resources, and just be a continuous. Um, way for them to get some questions answered they have Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. well i mean this is great and i appreciate um you taking the time to come be with us we're going to take a quick break and when we come back visit some more with nicole find out a little bit more about her so stay with us thank you Hey y'all, I'm April. Hi, I'm Caroline. And we have a new podcast for you. What's it called, Caroline? Uh, Bloody Happy Hour. It's going to be your new favorite guilty pleasure. We're going to talk about some bloody stuff. Serial killers. True crime. Rape. <laughs> Rapist. Why not join us? We'll have a good time. You literally never know. I don't know what I'm going to say. <laughs> bloody Happy Hour. Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hi, this is Sarah. And I'm Carter. And this is Some of Our Thoughts. We're two Southern sommeliers, and we want to share everything we love and know about wine. We started hanging out during quarantine and cooking and drinking and listening to music and we just thought this would be a great way to bring everything we know to you guys. We will make wine knowledge and food pairings easy and approachable. So put on your favorite vinyl, grab your favorite glass of wine, 
tune into our show, and let's have some fun. Wine and Dino. So check us out on RogueMediaNetwork.com or wherever you get your favorite podcast. We'll be talking about a lot. I'm Zach. And I'm Mike. And we have a fantastic new podcast to tell you about. Bros, Foes, and Heroes. It's the two of us looking into the world of comics, breaking down some characters that you may have never heard of, and some that are just absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, so Zach comes up with a character each time, and uh, I go into it just completely blind. I don't know who this person is or what their abilities are or anything, and and basically I guess we kind of go over their origin story. And just some of the ridiculous stuff that maybe, especially Golden Age stuff. Oh, Golden yeah. Age stuff is always the best. And we will make sure to highlight all of the shenanigans and just absolute weirdness yeah. of everything. Yeah. That's right. So subscribe today and uh, follow us on Instagram at Bros Bros Heroes. And if you don't, I know where you live. Not really, but please subscribe. <laughs> Bros and Bros and Heroes. Gonna tell you about bros and foes and heroes. Gonna tell you about. I'm back with Nicole Sellers from Austin. It's been a while since we had a chance to visit. She was a guest on Central Texas Living on KXXV several years ago. Again, representing the uh, U.S. Department of Labor Wage and Hour because, you know, there's just a lot to know about, you know, staying within the rules and those things change. And, you know, maybe what the impression somebody had about something being legal, maybe it's not anymore. Maybe there's some changes there. But tell me a little bit about yourself. Where are you from? How did you how did you end up the Labor Department? I am from Waco. Good. Um. I started with the U.S. Department of Labor as a cooperative education student many, many years ago. Really? Um, And so I worked with them a couple of years as part of that program. And when I graduated, I was fortunate enough to be brought on full-time as an investigator. I worked as an investigator in Fort Worth for about three years. And I spent a lot of my career in Waco as an investigator. Mm -hmm. I was here for about 16 years and um, moved to Austin and have been in management positions since then. So, I mean, three wonderful cities in Texas. Does does Waco still have your heart? Always. (laughs) Always. I still have friends here. I have family. Um, lots of great memories. Uh, go Baylor Lady Bears. Oh, I yeah. Was a big Lady yeah. Bears fan when we lived here. Went mm-hmm. to a lot of games. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Well, as, so tell me about your, your family. 
So I have adult children. Mm-hmm. Uh, my son is a graduate of Ohio State University. Oh, he went a long way off. He went a long way. Oh, mom. And um, my daughter is in nursing school. Good. Um, but And my husband is in Austin enjoying the retirement life. Uh-huh. He, Good. He worked in Waco for 40 plus years. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Austin's beautiful, beautiful city. And of course, the Hill Country, that's, you know, you're getting into that part of Texas, which is just so lovely. Um, so that's, that, that's neat. Um, what are your, what are your plans? I mean, do you, how, how are you, I mean, your husband's retired. You thinking along that? At some time that will happen. Uh-huh. I've been with the agency for 33 years. Have you now, really? And it, it's been a joy. I have enjoyed a lot of different aspects of the job. I enjoy being an investigator because you're on the ground level. Yeah. And you get an opportunity to work with employers and uh, workers and get to be the person that's hearing them out yeah. that is unbiased and that is just making a determination based on the facts and right. the law. Right. Um, I enjoyed that. And now as a manager, I enjoy seeing my people do the same thing. I enjoy seeing them learn the job. I enjoy hearing the success stories. I still enjoy going to outreach events and Seeing employers get that aha moment. Yeah, they go, ah, now I get it. Now I get it, yeah. (laughs) Oh, oh, that's great. That's great. Well, I like to uh, wrap up these little visits with a a little questionnaire. It's similar to the one the late, great James Lipton would use on Inside the Actor's Studio. It's kind of my take on it. And uh, the first question is, what is your favorite word? Empower. That's a good one. Yeah, I I have, and really, what you do empowers both the employer and and the employee. Right, and it empowers our staff internally too. Yeah, yeah, good. What is your least favorite word? Hate. Yeah, I I have heard that before. What turns you on, Nicole, creatively, spiritually, or emotionally? Spiritually, it's my foundation. You know, it's what gets me through each day, the good days and the bad days, uh, my source of strength. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Then what turns you off creatively or spiritually or emotionally? Um, People that are closed off, not willing to Mm -hmm. learn, you know, not being open to um, just opportunities to grow. Yeah, kind of my way or the highway. Right. Just yeah, yeah. There's seems like there's a lot of that these days. What sound do you love the most? Singing. Oh, uh, do you? Yes. I was gonna say, are you a singer? Well, I do sing. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't know that I would consider myself um, good enough to go public with it, but <laughs> <laughs> I do enjoy singing. But those, you can you can <laughs> right. you can really let loose in the shower, right? Right. Now, what what sound do you hate? Chewing on ice. Really? Yes. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And it's not really good for your teeth no, to do it. No. <laughs> that's a hard thing. <laughs> what now you've been working with the Department of Labor for a long time, decades. What other profession would you have liked to try? For a while, I thought I would be a licensed professional counselor. Mm-hmm. I went to college in psychology. And my goal was to continue to progress in it and did take quite a bit of master's level work in it. Did you? 
uh, and then started shifting to statistics in, at my master's level, which is kind of in line with what I do, figuring out trends, yeah. how things happen. Well, really in the psychology part, too. Right, right. Really dealing with people who are maybe they're stressed or, you know, upset. Right, right. Yeah, you're using all those skills. Yeah, recognizing cues. You know, yeah, non-verbal right. Cues. Nonverbal cues. Oh, my goodness. Well, that, that's great. Well, what profession do you know you would not want to do? Oh, my goodness. That's a good one. You've, you've been exposed to a lot of different ones. <laughs> I guess you see just about everything anybody could do in the state of Texas. Right, right. I, I, that's I funny. I can't think of, oh, maybe if I had to um, jump out of planes. <laughs> For a living, that that would not work. <laughs> no, no, thank you. Right, right. <laughs> why, why leave a perfectly good airplane? Right, right. You know? right I hear you. Um, finally, Nicole, what do you want to hear God say to you when you arrive at the pearly gates? Well done, my faithful servant. Yeah. Well, you are doing things well, thank Nicole. You. Thank you so much you. for uh, all you do through the the U.S. Department of Labor and taking time to come back. Come back home <laughs> for uh, for a little visit, and it's just lovely seeing you again. It's been been fun. Thank you. It's been great seeing you. Always appreciate you welcoming us to your house. Well, I you know I it's important information, and if it can help anybody, that's kind of our goal here with Central Texas Life. So anyway, thank you again, Nicole, and thank you for joining us. We'll see you again next time on Central Texas Life. Bye bye. Central Texas Life with Ann Harder is part of the Rogue Media family. Be sure to check out our other shows at roguemedianetwork.com. Please rate this show five stars on iTunes, Spotify, YouTube, or anywhere you get your podcasts. Join us again soon for more Central Texas Life with Ann Harder.